Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we're all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Hi, good morning. Good morning, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Good to see you guys. It's, uh, I'm Ann. I'm the prayer pastor, and it's great to be with you this morning. I have the privilege of uh, preaching the last uh, sermon of our series on prayer. Hasn't it been good? It's been so good. I've been very, very grateful for this uh, series on prayer. But I just wanted to say a couple things. Uh, First of all, uh, we have our prophetic art team outside on the patio today. And if you didn't know, they always do artwork on the third weekend of the month. And it's not just to do artwork. We're really believing that the Lord wants to speak through us, speak to us uh, through all kinds of means. And so uh, through creating artwork, painting, we're creating with God to bring a message to you. So maybe if you would go out there after service and, and just take a look and see, God, are you speaking to me? Is there anything that you want to say to me through this painting? And uh, can we give it up for our team? They, they're doing such a great job. So I'm very, very grateful for that. And like I said, I'm the, uh, the prayer pastor, which means I have all these prayer teams. And I'm very, very thankful because they've all been praying for me this week. So praise God. They're so amazing. Uh, and so, okay, we're going to be reading out of Genesis 18 today. Uh, I just want to point out that I got a big, fat Bible because it's giant print. Guys, it's so great. I'm so happy. Giant print for all of those who need it. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, we're, we're reading out of Genesis 18 today. So as you get ready to turn there, I'm just going to share the context of this passage is that uh, it's the beginning of the Bible. We've already had the Garden of Eden. We've already had the fall. We've had the flood. We've had Noah's Ark. We've had the Tower of Babel. And there's a lot going on. But at this point, God had chosen one man, Abraham, to be the father of faith, to reveal his heart for humanity. And so we get to learn about what's happening here. Abraham is in the middle of talking with, with the Lord in this passage. And so it's Genesis 18 starting with verse 16. And so it says this, then the men got up from their meal and looked out towards Sodom. These men were actually, it was the Lord and two angels, just, just so you know. As they left, Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Should I hide my plan from Abraham, the Lord asked? For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. So the Lord told Abraham, I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I am going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. So uh, more of the context of this passage is that Abraham's nephew, Lot, lives in Sodom. So he has a vested interest in what actually happens to Sodom and the future of that. And the Lord knows this, and he says, I'm going to go to you, and I'm going to tell you what's, gonna, what's about to happen to Lot and to Sodom and, and that whole region. And Abraham loves his nephew. He had already saved him 
uh, before from uh, an evil king in Genesis 14, I believe. And so he had dispatched like 380 of his uh, troops and, and rescued Lot. And so here he is again, Lot's life is in trouble and Abraham is grieved and he's, he's concerned. And so I just wanted to point out just a few things. The first thing is this, the Lord is the one who's initiating this conversation. The Lord, the Lord is the one who initiates this. And I think it's important for us to know that the Lord wants to talk to us. He wants to reveal his heart to us. He wants to tell us his plans. He wants us to be uh, in the know about what's about to happen. You know, in Amos 3.7, it even says, uh, let me say this. It even says that God never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. Did you know that? That's pretty intense, right? And Abraham is the one that God chose in this moment uh, to be the one in the know, to, to step up as an intercessor for Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah, they were very, very wicked. And uh, it says that the cries from Sodom and Gomorrah had reached the Lord. And in the original language, those cries are similar to the cries in Genesis 4, where it says, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. It's that same word that same, in the original language. So the cries of the victims of the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah had reached the Lord. And the Lord knew that he had to act in justice. He had to execute his justice. Are any of you afraid of the justice of the Lord? Maybe just me? Okay, yeah. So, yeah. And so this is a, a big ordeal. This is a huge moment at this point. And the Lord said, should I hide my plan from Abraham? Should I? Should I have my plan? And it's really a rhetorical question because the Lord's saying, of course not. I'm going to reveal my plan to Abraham, and I'm going to invite him to partner with me in what I'm about to do. And so let's go back to the passage in verse 22, and it says this. Then the other men turned and headed towards Sodom. So those are the two angels. But the Lord remained with Abraham, and Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why, you would be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same. Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? So he starts off really bold, right? And the Lord replied, if I find 50 righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Well, then Abraham spoke again. Well, since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord, even though I am but dust and ashes. Suppose there are only 45 righteous people rather than 50. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy if I find 45 righteous people there. Then Abraham pressed his request further. Suppose there are only 40. <laughs> and the Lord replied, I will not destroy for the sake of the 40. Please don't be angry, my Lord, Abraham pleaded. Let, let me speak. Suppose only 30 righteous people are found. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy if I find 30. Then Abraham said, since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Uh, suppose there are only 20. 
And the Lord replied, then I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me if I speak one more time. Suppose only 10 are found there. And the Lord replied, then I will not destroy it for the sake of the 10. And when the Lord had finished, because he said he was done. When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way and Abraham went back to his tent. Okay, so this is so interesting. Abraham is such a bold man of God. He is a man of faith and he's a man of compassion, a man of love, but he is not more compassionate than God. And, you know, when I used to read this when I was younger, I didn't understand. And to me, it appeared that Abraham was more righteous and more loving than God. But in reality, that's a lie. God is more compassionate than Abraham. But Abraham pleads to God to appeal to the character of God because he knows God. Abraham was counted as a friend of God. And because he knew his character, he knew who he was, he knew his qualities, he appealed to that character. Because Abraham knew he is a God of justice and mercy, and there needs to be both, right? And because of the cries of Sodom and Gomorrah, the Lord needed to release justice. But he said, no, I know you are also a God of mercy, so I'm gonna appeal to that mercy side and see if I can get mercy for Sodom and Gomorrah. And so he, Abraham accepted this invitation to partner with the Lord in prayer. And so sometimes when the Lord is saying things to us that, that might feel hard, that might feel like a, some kind of a difficult declaration, sometimes it's actually an invitation to partner with him. It's an invitation to go and to become an intercessor. And so this is actually what happened to me this week. On Tuesday morning, I was just minding my own business. I was in my uh, bathroom. I was blow drying my hair. And I, I just want to say, pay attention to the places where the Lord constantly speaks to you. Like, it's like every time I blow dry my hair, the Lord tells me stuff. Okay, but anyway, I was blow drying my hair. <laughs> And I'm just praying because I was praying for the weekend services, and I'm saying, God, I don't know what you want me to preach. Like, what is it that the people need? Is there anything that you want to download to me about what the people need? And then immediately I heard this voice tell me something uh, about someone that I love and about something naughty that they were doing, right? And I, I was like, what? Is that me? Is that, is that me? Is that God? And it kind of just threw me off, and I was kind of busy, and then I, I, went, I went about my business, but it, it kind of uh, provoked me. And then I ended up talking to John, and he had a similar thing happen to him. And then I, I thought, you know what? I, I need to figure this out. Uh, and so I had been praying, and I knew I needed someone else to speak into it. So I called my cousin. My cousin's the one, the missionary in Mexico City. And I called her and I was telling her, you know, this is what happened and, and blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, actually, I had a dream about you last night. I had a dream about you. And, and she, she proceeds to tell me all the details about, about her dream. And when it happened, when the Lord told me about what was happening with this loved person in my life, I did not realize that it was an invitation to partner with him in prayer. I thought it was just, he's just giving me the bad news, like a bad news bear, you know? <laughs> like, I thought he was just telling me something just to download, like something to ruin my day. I'm just being honest. I didn't even 
acknowledge that this was his invitation to me to intercede on behalf of this person. And, and this is how the invitation comes. And sometimes we can say to ourselves, oh, God doesn't speak to me. Oh, he doesn't tell me things. But, but maybe it's because we're not listening. Or maybe it's because we're not acknowledging what he's saying to us and we're blowing it off. We're dismissing it. And so uh, the Lord was inviting me to intercede. And this is what my first point is. Accept the invitation to partner with God in prayer. Accept the invitation to partner with God in prayer. This is, in, this is what intercession is, to come in between, to pray in favor of another, to advocate in favor of another. So when he dropped that little thing into my spirit, uh, he, it, wasn't to, uh, it wasn't for me to pray uh, condemnation. It wasn't me, for me to intercede uh, for judgment. It wasn't for me to pray uh, whatever else, like negativity over this person. It was for me to pray in favor of this person, to advocate for, in favor of this person. And so that's God's call for us is to pray for the ones in our lives. Pray for the ones that God put in your life. Pray for yourself, but pray for the ones around you. You know, there's that, um, the Lord's Prayer, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if that's not coming, maybe it's because we're not praying it. Because God wants to partner with us so deeply that it really could be that they're not experiencing the kingdom of God in their lives because we're not praying it into their lives. Isn't that a little mind-blowing? But that's, that's what it is. Okay, so Abraham is this guy. He's praying, he's interceding, and he's this fine negotiator. And have you ever been around a fine negotiator? I'm a terrible negotiator, so I just shut up and say whatever. I'll take whatever they give me. Um, but this guy, he was driving a hard bargain, right? And he was, he was going 50, 45, 40, 30, you know. And he kept going down and down. He was bold and he was persistent. But did you also kind of notice that um, he starts bold and he says, surely you wouldn't do a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. It almost sounds like indignant, you know. And then by the end, he's kind of getting like cowardly, like, oh, Lord, don't be angry with me if I speak one more time. Suppose only 10 are found there, you know, and it's almost like he was losing his nerve and uh, it, almost like he was begging, right? And um, have you ever begged God for anything? Yeah, I've been in that position too. But I wonder if it was because Abraham believed the goodness of God to save 50 people, but he doubted the goodness of God to save 10 right? And so I want us to be able to get to the place where we don't beg God for his mercy, but we're, we're just asking. Because I don't believe God is asking us to beg. I think he's simply asking us to ask. He's asking us to ask. Just partner with him in intercession, and, and he's asking us to ask. Um, I, my, uh, my children, I have three children. I don't ever want them to beg me for anything. Please don't beg me. Like, get your back straight. Put your chin up. You know, ask me. You know, be, have your dignity. Keep your dignity. Don't have to beg me. Don't have to get on your hands and knees. You know, just, just know that when you're asking me for something as your mom, I'm going to hear you. You can say what you need, and then you can believe that I'm going to follow through because I'm your mom. I love you. I want good things for you, and I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. 
you know? And that's me as a human sinful mom, right? What about our heavenly father? He's the one that hears our prayers and our requests, and he is a good God. So we have to never lose sight of who our father is as we pray. Never, never lose sight of who you're praying to. You're praying to Almighty God. You're praying to maker of heaven and earth. You're praying to Elohim. You're you're praying to the creative God who can work creative miracles in your life. You're praying to Emmanuel, God with us. You're praying to your Savior. You're praying to the one who who, uh, worked out salvation for all of us. So keep in mind who you're praying to. And we are his sons and daughters. That's what he says over us. That's our royal identity. We are sons and daughters. So we never have to beg. We never have to beg. Just ask the Lord. Just ask the Lord. And honestly, if you're here today and you're saying, I actually have no idea how good God is. I have no idea if he's actually good. I want to invite you to just go on a journey today. Just, pr- just start praying. Just start reading the Bible. Just start getting to know who God is. Pray and see how he answers your prayers. Right? Just go. Your, your faith doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to be, it needs to be there. And here's the hard truth. God is actually not be- moved by begging He's not moved by desperation. He's not even moved by need. He's actually moved by faith. He's moved by faith. Of course, he has compassion on on your needs, and he can see your desperation and, and have a heart for you. But the thing is, God is moved by faith. It is clear in Scripture that God is moved by faith. And so let's read Hebrews 11, 6 says this. Without faith... It is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's faith. He wants us to have faith as we approach him. Here's another one, James 1, 6 and 7. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, right? He wants us to have faith, and it doesn't have to be a perfect faith. It can be a broken faith. It can be even a weak faith, but he wants you to have faith. You can even be like that guy in Mark 9. Do you remember that guy? He was a father, and he came to Jesus. He's like, can you, uh, I don't know, but can, can you do anything for my child if, if it's possible? Can you do anything? And then, and then Jesus is like, can I? Can I do anything? Anything is possible for him who believes. And the, and the dad is so convicted. He's like, I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. Like, we can pray like that, and the Lord respects that. He honors that. He receives that. And that guy's uh, child was healed right? Just acknowledge it, confess it, whatever it is, you go to him and tell him about it. And so this is my second point, is pray boldly in faith, with authority in Jesus' name. Pray boldly in faith, with authority in Jesus' name. And Abraham was this awesome guy. He was, he's our father of faith. He, he's compassionate. He's loving, all those things. And he was an intercessor, and his, he's a priest, He's, you know, he went between God and man. He mediated. But even for all of Abraham's righteousness, he could not save Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Because he was limited. Uh, but 
for us on this side of history, we have Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. We have Jesus. We have the perfect, thank you, Lord. We have the perfect Lamb of God who takes away our sins. We get the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, and we get to live under the blood of Jesus Christ, under the name of the banner of Jesus Christ. That's, that's our reality now. We get to leave, live with the power of Jesus in our lives. And so it's finished. Jesus said it on the cross. It is finished. It is finished. He's accomplished a victory over sin, darkness, death, a shame. He has done it. It is finished. And we get to live like that. But many of us are not engaging in prayer and intercession because we don't understand our spiritual authority in Jesus, right? And I, I was like that too. When I was 16 years old, uh, I grew up in a very conservative church and I didn't know anything about spiritual warfare or nothing, right? Until one day I'm 16 and this person in front of me starts manifesting demonically. And I'm just freaking out because I've never seen that in my life. I've never heard that taught. I just saw it. And so I, I freaked out. Uh, I felt so inadequate and so ill-equipped and and unworthy, honestly, of dealing with this. So I went straight to my pastor's house and I asked my pastor to help me because I didn't know how to help this person. I honestly just wanted to drop the person off and leave. But what my pastor did is, is said, no, you're going to be a part of this. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm only 16 years old. You know? And so, so he, um, he said, hey, um, hey come, come here, Anne. And he said, I want you to whisper the name of Jesus into her ear. And so the person who's still manifesting and who's still, you know, um, under the authority of that, that demon, I'm scared to death. I'm literally sweating so hard and I'm almost going to cry because I'm scared to death. Uh, I grew up with a lot of fear, you know, and so I, I'm like walking over to this uh, person and I'm just shaking. You know, when you're shaking so hard that you're shaking, it's like that, it's that uh, quote, shaking like a leaf. I was shaking like a leaf. Okay. So I'm over there and I'm like, Jesus. I could barely whisper it. And then the person starts shrieking. You know, he's like, ah, ah. Like this lady just starts shrieking because I'm saying the name of Jesus. I'm this young girl who knows nothing, right? <laughs> and yet that was that defining moment where I realized my authority in Jesus. It had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with me being good enough or worthwhile, or equipped enough, or, or confident. It had nothing to do with me doing enough quiet times, or Bible reading, or, or tithing. It had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with the name of Jesus. That is my spiritual authority, and that is your spiritual authority. And we have to learn that Jesus is enough. To pray in Jesus' name, that is enough. And so I want you to accept that invitation to pray in Jesus' name. And there's so much authority given to us in Jesus. And here's the thing. God desires that every single one of us would become intercessors. Not a single one of us has been disqualified. Every single one of us is supposed to be an intercessor. Not just the prayer pastor, not just the prayer team. It's every single one of us. He's planted us right where he wants us so that we can pull down heaven to earth. So we can bring his kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so... That's, that's what we need to do. God has given us the authority in Jesus. Satan, he still has power, but he does not have authority. That's the difference. 
We have authority in Jesus. Yes, Satan still has power, but we come in Jesus' name and we destroy the works of the devil in the authority of Jesus. God loves our prayers. He loves to partner with us in prayer. And so, you know, when, when you hear these lies that you're disqualified, that you're not good enough to pray, that, you know, you, you've been in the club last night and doing all kinds of things, it doesn't matter. Don't listen to that voice. It's all lies. It's all lies from the devil because he's so scared of your prayers. He's so scared of what, what's going to happen if you pray in Jesus' name. He's so terrified. And so I'm telling you, don't believe those lies that the devil is trying to tell you about who you are. Believe the Lord. He's inviting you to partner. He's inviting you to pray. He's inviting you to take authority in Jesus' name. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord. If today's the first day, it doesn't matter. You have authority in Jesus' name. And so this is what, this is what James 5 says. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So how many of us just felt disqualified again? Because you're like, oh, but I'm not righteous. Yes, you are if you're in Jesus. Right? That's a trick. That's a trick that the devil wants to do. He wants to trick you and say, see, but you're not righteous, so you better not be praying for the sick and they won't be healed. No, you know what righteousness is? It's not about how much you gave to the poor. It's not about how many hours you've been praying, right? It's not about how loud you pray, how eloquently you pray. That is not righteousness. Righteousness is being covered in the blood of Jesus. That is it. I'm a huge fan of personal holiness, but that's not my righteousness. That's not my righteousness. The righteousness of God is Jesus Christ. And so you can stand confident that you are considered a righteous person in the kingdom of God if you're covered in Jesus. Isn't that good news? Praise God. Yeah, don't let the devil ever come at you with that accusation again. You just say, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. He is my righteousness. He is the righteousness of God. Just let him do that in you. Uh, okay, this is how much God wants us to partner with him. This is how much he wants to collaborate with us to bring the kingdom of God. He's such an empowering God, and we don't want to believe it, but it's all there in Scripture. In Matthew 18, it says this, verse 18, I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth, whatever you, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you, 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 whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Is that wild or what? Whatever I forbid on earth, will be forbidden in heaven. So if I say, I forbid this demonic spirit of fear and torment and depression and anxiety to enter my home, it will be done in heaven? Is that wild? It's like giving the keys uh, to the car uh, to a toddler. You know, it's like giving keys to a Mercedes. Here you go, here you go. 
But really, that's how much Jesus and Father God and Holy Spirit believe in us. They want us to use our authority, even if we mess up with the authority. He's like, there's enough grace. I'll cover you with my grace. I want you to learn. I want you to use this authority. I want you to go for it. Pray in my name. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Wow. Let that just like sink in for a second. Okay, another way he wants to partner with us is Revelations 12. Verse 11. It says this. They triumphed over him, which is the devil. They triumphed over the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Wouldn't it be enough for, it to, for the word of God to just say they, they, over, they triumphed over the devil by the blood of the lamb? But he says, I want your partnership so much, I'm putting it in my word. They triumphed over, the blood of, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony, because your story matters so much to God. And what God did for you brings so much power and healing for someone else. You know, testimony actually means do it again. Do it again. So when you're sharing your testimony, you're releasing God's power again in that situation. Isn't that mind-blowing? That that's how much God wants to um, partner with us in prayer? To me, that's wild. So come boldly. Hebrews 4 says this. So then, since we have such a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, thank you, Lord, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Thank you, God. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. There's an invitation, come boldly. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly. You know God is not offended by our bold prayers. He is inviting us to pray bold, outrageous prayers. And you know what happens when we pray bold prayers? God answers them. Yeah, he, he, he says, yes, I am so delighted by your faith. I'm so delighted that you would trust me that much. Here you go. God bless you. <laughs> How we pray and what we pray has everything to do with what we experience in life. How we pray and what we pray will have everything to do with what we experience in life. But sometimes what we do is we let, our, we let our experience determine our faith. So if one time I pray for someone and for healing and, and they, don't, they don't get healed and they die, then, and, and then I stop all my prayers, that's letting the enemy win, you know? I need to let my faith determine my experience. I need to persevere and say, God, I know that you are a, a healing God. I know that you're a God of miracles, and I'm going to believe you for that until I see it come in my lifetime. I need to persevere in prayer and let my faith determine my experience, not the other way around. And a good example of this, you know, if your prayers are so prophetic, if you're telling me what you're, you're praying, I'm gonna I can tell you what your life is going to be like. Because if you're telling me you're praying these bold prayers, that's what your life is going to be full of. And, and a, a prime example of this is this guy named John Papp. He's actually right there in that corner standing up. 
I love that guy. He's this Australian man. But anyway, he's my prayer director, and I love that guy. And this guy, he's never satisfied. This guy, he is literally never satisfied with what we're doing because he says there's got to be more. 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 And sometimes I'm like, oh, John. But you know, he's right. He's right. And so John, he loves to pray for physical healing. He's constantly praying for physical healing. And I used to say, um, gosh, you know, John, John Papp just has an anointing for physical healing. And the Lord is like, that's not true. That's not true. He just simply prays bold prayers, and he goes after it, and he continues to, to run after my healing, and that's why he has this um, impartation of the ministry of physical healing. So, you guys, if you need prayer, go to him. But anyway, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, he's an example of this is what happens. When you have bold faith, when you have bold prayers, you're praying all these bold prayers, the Lord answers. It's week after week, healing after healing, healing after healing. Because he, every, every morning he wakes up and says, God, who, what do you want to do today? Give me a word of knowledge. How, what do you want to heal today in CP Kids or, or, or in, in the church? Is there anything that you want to do today to heal? He's constantly asking. Maybe we're not receiving because we're not asking, right? So pay attention to what the Lord wants to do and it, it Accept his invitation to partner. Okay, I want to pray right now. Jesus says to constantly pray. He says, ask and you'll receive, right? Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So I want us to pray right now. We're going to accept the invitation to partner with God in prayer. We're going to pray boldly in faith with authority in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you did it all for us on the cross. Thank you, Lord. We lift high the name of Jesus right now. I thank you, Lord, that you are the perfect lamb of God. You are our righteousness. We never have to worry about being worthy again. We never have to live under condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that your blood covers us and you are happy to forgive us. You are happy to make us new. You are happy to cleanse us, to purify us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are inviting us to this partnership that seems too good to be true. But Lord, we, we say yes. We say yes to this partnership, Lord. We say yes to what you wanna do through each and every one of us, God. Thank you, Lord, that you want to change lives. Thank you, Lord, that you want to heal people. You want to set the captives free. Uh, you want salvation to be brought here in this valley, here uh, among us, Lord. You want your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you want to use us, <laughs> your broken vessels, to do that, Lord. So, God, first, we just want to repent and say, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, God, for ignoring your voice. Forgive us for saying no to you. Forgive us for our unbelief. Forgive us for not paying attention. Forgive us, Jesus, for not saying yes to what you want to do in us and through us.
Thank you, Lord, that you qualify us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I want you to just pray right now and ask the Lord, is there any person or any situation that the Lord wants you to partner for breakthrough and you haven't done it? Is there any situation, any person that the Lord wanted you to partner with for breakthrough and you've said no? Or you haven't believed him or you've stopped believing him? I asked the Lord about this myself. And he told me, I, I stopped believing for, for healing for my husband. It's been so long, I got tired, you know? But Lord, we're declaring that you are a big God. And you want our faith. And so we give it to you again today, Jesus. We believe you for healings. We believe you for miracles. We believe you for outrageous breakthrough. We believe you, Lord, for the impossible. Lord, we declare that we are going to be a people set apart for your kingdom, set apart, marked by the difference that you make in our lives, Jesus. Lord, I want to pray that you would release our church, Centerpoint Church, from this demonic assignment of depression and anxiety. Yeah. If there's any of you that feel like you're under that, would you just raise your hand right now? I'm praying bold prayers today that the Lord would deliver us. For all of those who are raising their hands right now and those around them, would you just pray for them right now? Stretch out your hand. Use your authority in Jesus' name and pray for these people right now. Lord God, we lift high your name, Jesus. We declare that your name is greater. Your name is above depression and anxiety. Your name is above all panic, all disorders. Your name is above all mental health issues. We declare and we lift high the name of Jesus, the name above all names, and we declare an immediate deliverance in the name of Jesus right now. Lord God, I'm praying that none, none of us in this area, none of us in this family of God would be suffering under depression and anxiety anymore. Lord, in that place we receive joy, we receive healing, we receive a mental peace. Lord, we receive the mind of Christ right now. Lord God, we receive uh, your healing on a cellular level right now, Lord. And we cancel every generational curse in Jesus' name. We come against any sort of generational sin in Jesus' name. And we declare you are greater. You are King Jesus. You are Lord of Lords. You are King of Kings. And we lift high your name, God. Forgive us for lifting high these other ailments, these other conditions. When we know that you are bigger, you are greater, you are mighty, you are Elohim, you are almighty God. And so we lift you high, Jesus, and we say, come bring your healing, Lord. We're expectant and we're praying bold prayers that not a single one of us would leave here struggling with depression and anxiety anymore. God, come do what only you can do. Come do what only you can do, Lord. It's in your name, Jesus, because of the blood that you shed for us on the cross. We're believing you, God, and we're believing in what you can do, Lord. Our eyes are on you, Jesus. Our eyes are on you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I also believe that the Lord wants to heal knees and feet. 
that he spoke to me today and said, this is the day to heal knees and feet. If you need prayer for knee problems, feet problem, can you just raise your hand also and, and have faith to believe it? Okay, and then those around these people, would you lift up your voice and pray for these? Jesus, we're not satisfied with living with pain and disease and brokenness in our knees and our feet. Lord Jesus, we're asking for the healing virtue of heaven to be released over knees and over feet. God, no matter what it is, torn meniscus, uh, Achilles heel issues, Lord, uh, tendons, joints, ligaments, all, Lord, we know, God, that you created all of this and you can heal all these things, Lord. So God, we're praying for miracles now, uh, instant miracles, we're praying for progressive miracles, we're praying, Lord, that your kingdom would come right now. Jesus, you prayed the price on the cross through your death and resurrection on the cross, Jesus. You paid the price, Lord. You prayed the price for us, God, and so we receive. We get to receive right now what you did for us on the cross. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Would you allow pain to leave? Yeah, we rebuke this assignment of pain in Jesus' name. We re rebuke this assignment of, of uh, brokenness in Jesus' name. And I feel like the Lord is saying, this is a, this is a prophetic uh, healing today because he wants all of us to be able to walk in our spiritual authority. So he said, I'm gonna heal knees and feet today. I'm gonna heal knees and feet. So it's a spiritual and it's a physical healing in Jesus' name. So God, would you uh, give us an awareness of the authority that we have in Christ? Help us today to walk out of here, walking in our authority in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for the healing that you're doing. We declare the anointing of Jesus, the anointing of heaven, the oil of heaven to fall right here in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Yeah. What everyone, actually, before you stand up, I wanna say one last thing. Is there, if anyone needs to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I wanna invite you to do it today. Jesus is the Lamb of God. That means he paid the sacrifice for you. He lived a perfect life so we don't have to. He took the wrath of God so we don't have to. Do you know there was only one person in all of history that did not receive an answer to their prayer, and it was Jesus. When he cried on the cross, God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he was cut off from the Father for our sake. And we get to receive his salvation today. If there's any of you that want to say yes to Jesus, I need him as the Lord of my life. I need him to save me. I need him to cleanse me. I need him to rescue me and to purify me, to be my Lord, to be my Father, to be my comforter, my healer. Would you raise your hand today and just say, yes, that's me. I need, I need Jesus. I need him to come into my life. I need him to save me. I need him to be my righteousness. Just raise your hand. I think you're raising your hand right there. There's one right there. Is there anyone else? Oh, there's one right here. Thank you. I see you too. There's two people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for these two. You know, he goes after the one. That, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for these two people. Thank you, Jesus, that you ordained from the foundations of the earth that they were, their names would be written in the book of life. Thank you, Lord, that you 
it's your good pleasure to save and to heal and to deliver. Thank you, God. I'm declaring your healing, your deliverance, your power, your life force in these two, Lord, that you would bring uh, your Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would invade their lives right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for your, your rescue. Thank you, Lord, that you paid the price. Thank you, God, that we don't have to do it ourselves. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We love you and we honor you and we bless you. We walk out of here um, with our heads held high. Lord, just asking you and believing you for the partnership of heaven. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.